welcome everyone to the October 27th uh, Metropolitan Planning Organization Policy Board meeting. Um, since it looks like most of us are on Zoom, we might need to check in. Who's gonna can do roll for us? Yep, I will do that. And I have a quick introduction first. Is that all right? Sure, sure. Okay. Uh, please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you're not speaking. The chat function will be disabled and chats will directly go to us in this room. If you're participating in the meeting, please, if you're not participating in the meeting, please turn off your video. This allows active meeting participants to be seen on screen. You will still be able to hear the meeting when you are participating. Please turn on your video. If you have any trouble, you can send us the chat. The city and MPO reserve the right to mute or turn individual video off to minimize distractions for the meeting. And I'll proceed to roll call. Um, alphabetical order by last name, Carter. Here. Kelly. Here. Larson. Here. Messina. Here. Shipley. Here. And Thomas and Roberts are not present today. We have a quorum. Uh, very good. Uh, that'll bring us to public comment. I'm not seeing anyone on here. <laughs> that, uh, Nobody has indicated they would like to comment. Okay. One second, I have a chat. Oh, who's it? Okay. There is no one uh, public and present in person either that would like to comment. All right, very good. Um, that brings us to the approval of the minutes for August 18th, 2022. Are there any amendments or motions? Move to approve the agenda. This is Larson. This is Kelly, second. I have a first and second. Uh, can someone do roll for us? Yep, Carter? Yes. Kelly? Yes. Larson? Yes. Messina? Yes. Chipley. Yes. Motion carries five to zero. All right, thank you very much. That then brings us to our regular agenda items. Uh, number one, our federal fiscal year 2023 to 2026 transportation improvement program. Will that be you, Jessica? I will be Paul, he'll get started and I'm trying to make the internet work to pull up to be able to share a screen with you. Just you can get started and I will. So we have developed the 2023 to 2026 transportation improvement program or TIP based on input from um, all of our project sponsors, the local cities, KDOT and county. Um, a few, there's a few notable changes that I'll, I'll run through. So the environmental justice zone is a big one that has changed from our previous tip based on newer data that's available. Sorry. So all right, so we do have a new fiscal analysis that goes along with the tip. So I'll run through that first. Yeah. Um, we do need to show that the tip is fiscally constrained, meaning we have more uh, revenue coming in than expenditures. Um, so we based this off of yes. work done for transportation 2050 that is in development right now. Um, so we look at different sources of revenue. All this text is, is updated according to these different projections. Um, we look at maintenance costs and we just subtract those off the top um, before we program projects. So total operation and maintenance in these are in thousands. So broken down by year. Um, this is for Lawrence Transit, K1 Wheels, uh, regional transit overall 
and anticipated funding. How can you subtract that ownership and maintenance cost? Um, is shown by year for these next four years. Um, and then it's, we're showing anticipated funding, broken down federal, state, local for transit and non-transit, and then estimated expenditures. The key thing again being that we have um, more funding than expenditures. Um, so these, this is our list of projects. Um, and then we review each project um, or the project sponsor does based on the um, different uh, goals we're trying to achieve, such as safety targets and projects addressed in safety. We also look at the projects in relation to where there are higher crash rates, pavement and bridge targets. And then pavement condition is shown. And the environmental justice, which I mentioned earlier, um, based on new data that we have from the, from the census, we are showing um, updated maps so the uh, minority block groups is the data that's been updated. So it's this hatch pattern. <clears throat> there used to be a lot, but a lot more on the map with areas in West Lawrence showing up as more development has occurred out there. Those areas have, have dropped off um, as minority areas. So that's, that's the big change. Um, and we use this map to uh, make sure we're um, considering equity and how transportation projects are being programmed and affecting um, different populations. Um, so the uh, criteria for low to moderate income is 51% or more of the population earning less than 80% of the area median income. And that's um, older data that we we're hoping to get newer data soon to um, reflect changes, but don't have that yet. So it's older data. And we, we use 135% of the mean for minority population based on 2020 census. So the census data indicates around 22, 23% of Douglas County is a minority population. It's 135% for our threshold. We also break break it down road center line miles that are within the EJ zone compared to the county overall and square miles of those areas and population. There's different maps in, in the document relating to transit access and those environmental justice zones. Um, in conclusion, um, we believe there's no significant issues with the selection of, of projects in relation to the environmental justice zones. Um, and then so the list completed projects is the last tip. Projects with significant delays. Projects that have um, had federal funds obligated. Um, this the tip was open for uh, public comment. No comments were received. Um, and then we have our listing of projects. So, a number of projects have been removed that were completed. Some have been edited. Others remain unchanged from the previous tip. So I think with, with that, um, and open it up to any questions or comments.
Any questions? If I may, uh, David Carter here, as one of the newer members of, of this group, um, could uh, Paul, could you take a moment to just contextualize this in terms of what our overall obligations are? Um, I'll confess that I'm reluctant to treat this too lightly in light of the Planning Commission meeting in um, September, I guess it was, when um, uh, the Wakarusa Drive extension became kind of a stumbling block in terms of the overall um, uh, acknowledgement that I think was that the TIF was in line with what how we interpreted Plan 2040. Um, there are an ex, there's a, a huge amount of detail in this, and I'm wary of just rubber stamping things without a really in-depth discussion in light of the possibility that a commission two years from now can be can be told, you know, this was a, this is in line, this was approved, this is part of the plan. So can, you know, just if you take a moment, just kind of contextualize the importance of this specific document in the grander scheme of things, you or Jessica. So the tip exists it's as a federal requirement that we are we need to show any projects that receive federal funding and any regionally significant projects. And regionally significant is is defined. Um, can't give you a definition off the top of my head, but I mean it's obviously major roadways that involve um, impact the region. Um, so the, the tip exists to to show the how those projects are programmed and funded. Um, know, is there anything yeah. you can add? So in the context of MPO planning, take, let's take a step back. Yeah. Um, because I think this is what your question is really getting at. Um, the MPO region is responsible for doing transportation planning. And as part of that planning, we write the long range transportation plan. And that lays out the foundation 20 plus years, what we think there's going to be reasonably for money available or planned networks, what we're looking at. It incorporates all the system plans. So if we have a bike plan, it pulls that in. If we have a pedestrian plan, it pulls that in. That plan with the one we're working on now called Transportation 2050 is the transportation chapter of Plan 2040, yep. of which as planning commission member, you govern under that guidance of that plan. The tip goes into more detail and is the implementation section of that long range plan. So when you were talking about consistency of looking at a specific city, like the city of Lawrence's capital improvement projects, of which you're asked to say, are they consistent or not with the plan 2040, then in that case, I think everything that is in the tip also has to be consistent with T2040 because it's implementing in the short range the fiscally constrained projects that are slated for implementation under the plan, that are eligible under the plan. And so um, in regards to that, the TIP is a really short-term document that pulls in all of the CIPs from all of the local governments where there is federally funded or regionally significant projects in a way to say, here's our list of transportation budget to show that this is being, that this long range plan is being implemented consistently. And we've done the additional analysis that we are looking at EJ and we're looking at fiscal constraint as a region rather than just as single entities. And you'll know in that plan, we work with the technical advisory committee, right? They are all the staff level local government partners that help build that document before it comes to you because they are working under the constraints of what is the adopted long range plan and what project selection is gonna happen in their own individual processes since we're an MPO that doesn't have our own project, project funds. Larger MPOs have, they get their own set aside money and then they get to choose. So they would say, oh, here's how we're gonna prioritize in our plan because we don't have that. We rely on those local government budgets to work on through the process of uh, developing projects basically that implement the long range transportation plan. So this tip is the short range document. Things that are in this tip should be reasonably expected to have fiscal capacity committed to them. And for federal projects, they have to be in this plan to be obligated. 
So things that are the, the state roadway projects or any project in the region that has federal grant money, like the low, no, low to no emissions bus funding, those projects are required to be in here and shown in the, as part of this process in this document to be funded, which is why we update this every two years, more than what the feds require us to do, because by the time we get through two years of amendments, we've amended it so many times that we don't do update the analysis every time. So it's best for us to include as many projects that are reasonable when we do the update for the analysis so we can understand and look at the equity impacts of environmental justice, not just fiscal constraint, like which is what we do in a more limited uh, process when we're just doing the amendments, which is why when you see a TIP amendment, you've probably seen some of those, everyone should have, that that is a quarterly process to update this document. And all we're showing you there is what are the projects that change? Got it. Yeah, not the entire document being rewritten, like updated demographics and all the stuff that's the larger components of what this implementation looks like coming out of the long range plan. Okay. So what's driving this is the federal requirement is the rather than um, uh, rather than a regional or local um, uh, operational goal. Correct. So if we were an MPO that had our own money, we would use this process to select and program projects. Because we don't, we are relying on all those local CIPs to help feed us projects. We are verifying consistency with the long range plan, which we have written and, um, and then programming it to make sure that, you know, if city A said we have, you know, hundred thousand dollars for this project, we say, yes, you do. You can show us there's reasonable money to come with this project. So you can't just program. Oh, it's not a wish list. This is the very programmatic function of this project is being implemented. Super. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for everybody else's patience in case I was asking a dumb question. I have a question. Is the small section of road at 23rd and Noria, i.e. the back road to Eudora, included in any projects because it needs resurfaced and it desperately needs paint? And I'm not seeing it in the stuff, so I didn't know if I missed it or if it just hasn't been brought up. So, Heidi, uh, typically projects that are in this document are would be identified in city or county CIP projects, but this does not include this is does not include maintenance. So, unless it's a reconstruction, typical maintenance, we don't call out those projects. It would be a lot more significant. That's part of like maintenance and operation of a of a city. And so, okay, great, thank you. Any other questions? Um, I, I guess I do have a question. Um, considering the last conversation somewhat related to what Commissioner Carter asked, in our last con conversation about a TIP amendment, um, we did discuss, um, or we right, chose not to add to that amendment, the walker extension, not for the same way the other one did, um, saying that the city would commit to 40%. Um, do you want to address that specifically? I can. I, you cut out partially, so I hope I, I think I know what projects you want to talk about and we can talk about it. So what we, what um, we, when we received requests for projects and project submissions um, from the city and county, um, the request was to continue to include that project as it had been in the previous TIP document. Um, and we can answer questions specific to that, although I will say we've had conversations up until earlier today um, to bring to you a proposed change to what we've presented to you on the agenda. And Paul can pull that project up that now that the county CIP um, is in process, um, that we went back to have our conversation with county project sponsors um, with that conversation and the notation that if you feel uncomfortable programming the city portion of match on this project for the K-10 projects at large, that the alternative to that is showing this project, um, 6106 Walker to Drive Extension as a locally funded project, which reduces some of the scope of the project and it will remove the shared use path from the project, 
um, and it will remove any of the local funding commitment from that project. The contingency to that after conversations we've had with KDOT is that allows the city of Lawrence to work with the MPO and to provide to um, have an opportunity to amend the TIP at a future date to include another project that is agreed upon between the city and KDOT to determine how that local match is going to be programmed in the project before the other two K-10 projects are obligated. So because that match is, was a part of an agreement that's contingent on two other projects happening, the K-10 projects that you had asked about at the last meeting, that, that would require the city and the MPO to work together in a future amendment to identify whatever project and that where that money gets agreed to, to recognize that those projects may not obligate um, without that in the future. But the first obligation of one of those is like in June of 2024. And so we would have all of 2023 to, to finish that negotiation and program that before it would require those K-10 projects to obligate their, their funding. Any other questions? So yeah, I have a couple of questions about that. So the document that we're looking at now, are you suggesting that we would make the the document that you're showing right now, is this what we're approving or are we approving the document that we were, that we was po posted publicly for comment? I think that's at your option. We're offering you an alternative um, to that, that to say one, approve it and adopt the project as it was in the previous tip, recognizing no matter what, we're gonna have to amend something, right? We recognize that this project does not tie anybody. When you adopt a TIP, it doesn't tie anybody to the funding commitments in this. They're, those are tied to their CIPs. So if there's not political support for adopting a TIP that included the project as it had previously been approved, that you really have two options. Here's the one we would recommend, which is approve the project with these changes. The other option is you could approve the TIP without this project. Again, there's nothing legally that requires the county to have this project in the TIP. It's good planning. It's because the project is regionally significant, but there's no federal money that would prevent this project from proceeding if it's not in the TIP. It would just mean it's not included in all of the analysis for environmental justice. And then when we go back and amend it as late, if we would amend it later or not, then it's just not included in the documentation of projects that are happening. So I think you have some you have some choices. We're presenting an alternative to you based that would be probably staff recommendation based on the conversation as we anticipated it happening today. So I guess I'm just a little slow on the uptake here. The uh, the staff's recommendation is that we make an amendment to the document that has been posted for public comment. And that's your recommendation without getting any public comment on this document? Well, this that would be consistent with what's in process for the county CIP. So that's one option. The other option is that you eliminate Project 106 and you adopt a TIP without Project 106. Well, I was at the county commission meeting last night and we didn't decide on our CIP. And second of all, we've asked for clarification from the city on their role in the Wakarusa Drive project. And we've asked for that before we make a finalized decision on our CIP project. So I feel like we're maybe getting ahead a little bit here. This this is the recommendation that's kind of, well, we've had two options. These options were in our discussion with city and county staff. They're on the call today. I'd be happy to let you ask them any questions also you may have about this in your decision about how to proceed with this tip. We're trying to provide you options. Um, if you don't like the options, we can talk about what other options there may be, I guess, based on that conversation. Yeah. And Jessica, your staff is present to help with that. You're stating that there's only the two options. It's proceed with what's being displayed on screen share right now with the red markings, removing Lawrence, or to proceed 
without 106 included at all, what happened to the option of proceeding with the way that it was originally with the idea that the amendment could happen in a future um, yeah, TIP amendment cycle? That's one of those are the three options. Okay. That I mentioned. Okay. Yes. Okay. Any further questions right now? Well, maybe make sure there's no public comment. <laughs> Check to see that there's no public comment in the comment that nobody's raising their hand. You have to go back to the like, stop share. Get to that. Participants. There's no one in, uh, present. There's no one who's indicated by raising their hand online. All right, thank you. Um, then let's bring it back for discussion. It looks like Commissioner Kelly might still have some ideas. All, all I'll say is I think whatever we vote on, because it requires a public review process, I think it's appropriate to vote on what has been under public review changing it here at the last minute i think i that's problematic for me jessica could i ask another clarifying question sure um so the document that we're approving here is this biannual it's, it's effectively a report um, um the main audience for this tip are the federal government who would come and audit, like how are we spending money and are we doing the necessary analyses to justify how we spend the money um, and, and ourselves, because it's basically an accounting of how we spend the money. Um, and then these quarterly amendments are just aligning uh, the plan with how we're actually proceeding. Is that a fair summary? Yes, I think so. Okay. The reason, yes. because what I'm getting at is, because I'm trying to address yeah. uh, Commissioner uh, yeah. Kelly's concern sure. about how things are sequenced. So yes. the tip, it's not a, and please correct sure. me, it's not a legally binding document in terms of how we administer the funds. Except, except for, for federal funding. Okay. Because for federal funding, something cannot be obligated okay. or committed to the project unless it's in the tip. Got it. So to Commissioner Kelly's concern about aligning um, the city's actions and the county's actions, uh, is it fair to say that we could go ahead and approve this document as presented to, I mean, again, it's presented to the public since there's no one from the public watching these proceedings in real time. Um, and then staff and the elected officials can align in a future meeting. Um, and then the tip would be amended to reflect the actual. The yes, actual that, is, that is typically how it works is okay. we use whatever the previous agreed upon thing was, mm -hmm. which was the funding split mm -hmm. for this project. A lot of stuff has happened, but no future, no consistent decision necessarily has been made in any other of those things. There's still a lot of stuff in the air. So in the meantime, we're asking for something to be adopted that has the most previous recent adoption in it, knowing that it needs to change before the project proceeds or other projects get obligated. But we haven't, we haven't caught up to that yet, but we also have a requirement to update this to cover future years. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. Any other discussion? Um, I'm I'm grateful to Commissioner Kelly for bringing that up, um, and I but I, I and that's fine. I can go along with that, I guess, as far as that goes. Um, but I do want to return to something Commissioner Carter said earlier, which was, and I have heard this before. I don't want someone later to come and say, oh, well, you guys approved it and there was no public comment. So that means that you like it. 
can and and that's um, something that only people sitting around in meetings like this are going to understand. So um, that that's a a concern I maintain, and I, I do understand keeping it here is where it's been. I get that, um, Jessica, um, but I hope never to hear an engineer in any meeting in the future to say, "Well, you guys approved it, so that means this is what you meant." I mean, if we can refer back to, I mean, like I said, I have city staff on this call. If somebody would like to speak up in regard to that, I mean, I think the, it's a known that there are continuing conversations going on around this project. I would refer to a city staff member if they would like to add something to that point to address Shipley's concern. Hello, good afternoon. Um, Melinda Harger uh, with the City of Lawrence uh, Municipal Services and Operations. Um, your comment is well understood. I, I do know comments like that have been made in the past. So uh, we will we will be working on that in the communication and what the adoption of the TIP does and doesn't approve moving forward. Thank you very much. That Your assurance goes a long way with me. Uh, is there any other discussion or a motion? If there's no other discussion, um, we had a good conversation about this so two months ago now in August. We talked about, we walked through this, right? So, and then it's had public. Review. So, um, I'm I'm happy to make a motion to um, make sure I get this right to adopt the tip improvement program for 2023-26 as presented in the staff report. I have a question on that. When you say as presented in the staff report, are you talking about the one that has been amended? Well, the one? yeah, I mean, we probably need a second and then we can talk about it. Okay, got it. Matt Messina, Kata, I'll second that motion. So this okay. Commissioner Kelly to answer Commissioner Larson's question, the one that we have in the staff report, the one that was reviewed for public comment is the one I'm speaking to, not the added staff piece that we just saw okay. here. Yeah, because that's the first I've seen it. I had never seen that until just now. Correct. And I don't think the public has either. Okay, correct. If it helps, that's the one I seconded. Thank you. I have a first and a second. Um, Jessica or Paul, could you do the roll for us? Carter? Yes. Kelly? Yes. Larson? No. Messina? Yes. Uh, Shipley? Yes. Okay. Motion carries four to one. Great. Thank you, everyone. We get flipped back over here. Uh, that brings us to our second item, which is a resolution to dissolve the Lawrence Douglas County Regional Transit Advisory Committee. Okay, so we are bringing to you a consideration today to dissolve um, the Regional Transit Advisory Committee. Um, this committee um, was developed um, in the early uh, part of the 2010s as an effort to establish and update the Douglas County Coordinated Public Transit Human Services Transportation Plan. We worked with that body of paratransit and human uh, service providers um, to develop that plan and a following plan update. Since um, KDOT has worked to um, write a statewide plan, and um, staff, staff um, with mobility managers, mobility planners that we have within our transportation planning unit for Douglas County and other nearby regional uh, 
areas as part of their coordinated transit district. Now that we have dedicated staff doing this coordinated work, um, we have realized there's some conflict in doing this work, also having a governing body that was intended to help planners at that time oversee some of this work, because those providers are working in a partnership um, to deploy services in coordination that may be considered and be perceived as work of the body of the Regional Transit Advisory Committee that is now being done in a, in a work group fashion to deploy the strategies identified in the statewide coordinated public transit human services transportation plan. Seeing as that KDOT has updated that plan and has coordinated transit districts, which Douglas County also participates in, and they're now staffing to that, we no longer feel it's necessary to have this form, this advisory body to the MPO policy board to make progress and do work in this space um, for coordination because there are other structures present to do that. And this is just holding us back um, with staffing of specifically the MPO to, to carry that out. Um, and so we believe those needs are being met through working with the mobility manager and through the coordinated transit district under um, the KDOT structure, which includes uh, the urban core door, which includes Shawnee County and other counties as part of Johnson, Johnson and Wyandotte. And so there's more uh, regional coordination beyond just Douglas County, which is where a lot of the previous work we've done in this coordination also identifies trip needs for people um, for medical services or other trips that go beyond just the county lines. And so um, with that, we ask you to consider uh, the dissolution of this advisory body, um, recognizing that we feel like it, it's, a, it's a duplication and no longer necessary to uh, maintaining progress in, in this uh, fashion to do this work. I'd be happy to entertain any questions you may have about this resolution um, or the work uh, that we're doing. I saw we have some providers um, who are part of this coordination on the call today, um, Cottonwood and Senior Resource Center. We also have our mobility manager that's funded through KDOT that's part of our transportation planning division um, on the call too to help answer any questions if you uh, seek that as part of the discussion. Good afternoon, this is Heather Tice. I just wanted to thank Jessica and Gravel and um, Heidi for being on here and talking about this because we actually haven't met in a minute with the COVID and having the having the um, provider um, network with our CTD. Um, we just haven't, I, there hasn't really been a need. Is, would you agree, Jessica? Absolutely. Okay. I, I do have a question about where the comment um, or the public comment letter came from. Um, was that the uh, Civic Engagement Commission that had oversight over this transit group? Um, so there, thank you for mentioning that, Matt. I almost forgot. So we attached, we added public comment regarding this resolution and the next one to the agenda. Um, from a group that has identified themselves as a Civic Engagement Commission. They are no, not in any way affiliated with government. It is a body of citizens, uh, com community members who have organized themselves under that fashion. Um, this is the first time we received communication with them. They are not at all affiliated with the city of Lawrence or any uh, city county government structure that I know of. Then I guess my follow-up question would be, um, and forgive me, Heather and Heidi, for not being in the know of this um, RTAC, but were you or your uh, providers represented on this RTAC? So you had been involved? Okay. I've been, I've been co-chair for, I don't know, Jessica, can you confirm? Quite a while. Um, okay. <laughs> Quite a while. I was co-chair or I was... I, I, I've been a member of it for okay. as long as I can remember. <laughs> I mean, yeah, since, you know, since it was created. Yeah, I've, since it was created. Aware of the, you know, the business model and then the uh, coordinated transit districts and the individual plans with them and 
the mobility management strategies that we have in multiple plans. Uh, so, I mean, I'm in favor of this. The only hesitation I do have is if, if there, if this is gone, is there still a group that holds a voice for public transit matters in the region? Can I, this is Heather Tice, can I mention my thoughts on that? Sure, yeah. Um, I, I think, I think um, it's a very likely um, already covered because um, I feel like Heidi and Heidi from the Senior Resource Center and Lanise from Independence Inc. and Drivel and I have met um, to talk about options for um, making transit a little bit more accessible for Lawrence um, community members. We're we're trying we're trying to do. I think we've been we've been really um, thinking about this since the since the beginning of the RTAC. So I don't see it, I don't see it really dissolving the mission as much as just, I mean, our participants are, are on the call. <laughs> you know? I mean, we're, we're part of the, we're trying to find a solution. Would you agree, folks? I don't know. Uh, hey, Matt, this is uh, Dre Bell Taylor, um, mobi mobility manager. Um, I don't think there would be any significant regional concerns as far as coordination or the mission. Um, as the mobility manager, I am housed within the MPO. Um, so a lot of the work that I am doing with the MPO or with um, our transportation providers are uh, being communicated both ways, as well as um, the mobility managers have formed mo multiple uh, regional coalitions that are working on addressing many of our transportation issues. Perfect. Thank you all for sharing that information. Any further questions? Okay, let's make sure there's no public comment. There's no, no comments on the Zoom call or here in the room. Great. Um, any other discussion or a motion? Matt Messina at Keda, I'll make the motion to approve the resolution to dissolve the RTAC. Second, Larson, second. <clears throat> I have a first and second, Jessica? Yes. Carter? Yes. Kelly? Yes. Larson? Yes. Rob Messina? Yes. Shipley? Yes. Motion carries five to zero. Great, everyone, thank you. Uh, that brings us to our third item, which is the resolution to dissolve the Lawrence Douglas County Bicycle Advisory Committee. Um, we're bringing to you today uh, this resolution after conversations with our technical advisory committee and our internal staff evaluation about um, the committee structures that we have within the MPO. In 2017, the MPO established this committee after the dissolution between the city of Lawrence and Douglas County of the Lawrence Douglas County Bicycle Advisory Committee. At that time, they dissolved that committee um, to form the city of Lawrence was forming the Multimodal Transportation Commission. And from the city's perspective, they were gonna incorporate bicycling um, within the city of Lawrence, within the Multimodal Transportation Commission. The MPO was concerned that there was, we, we would have a loss of advocacy around regional coordinated bikeway planning and other review of other develop, uh, transportation development review that the, that the previous commission um, was doing and we were trying to do. Since we've had that time, the work that, that's really fallen because this committee is under the MPO structure, which has a staff of two, and the committee's the structure is it not being city county where there aren't other staffing commitments to that committee, has meant that the work has been solely limited to the work that's under the scope of the MPO planners, which has meant that it's been 
a bike plan updates. So that's either city, city of Lawrence bike plan or the regional countywide bikeway plan or the bicycle rideability map. And so the only time that this committee, these committees have met in the last three or four years is for, to, to, to work on those intents and purposes. Um, and recognizing there's still probably work to be done on bike ability um, and bicycle recommendations and issues within the region, um, many of those that are currently being brought are in within the scope of under Multimodal Transportation Commission, and they have taken all of those. And so none, nothing is being brought to the MPO Policy Board in that sense. And so we felt that the requirements of hosting these meetings without having workload and then being staffed under our structure, it really was duplicative of the work that the city has committed to under Multimodal Transportation Commission. And that we recognize that like the pedestrian plan and the regional pedestrian plan, when we do those work products, the MPO, if we need a structure that in, includes more than Multimodal Transportation Commission, we could form steering committees to do that work that would be, have uh, advocates that would be refreshed, you know, at that time to make sure those, the perspective and scope of all of the interested parties were done for that process. Um, and we didn't, we do, we no longer feel that continuation of uh, advisory, a formal standing advisory committee for bicycle issues with the MPO is necessary um, and not already, there's no other work items that are outstanding in, in that regard um, related to that. There's some, been some side conversations with Multimodal Transportation Commission under the City of Lawrence strategic plan about initiatives they want to take around working with unmistakable identity um, groups and some of those things around some of the components of the bikeway planning that still haven't even been done by Multimodal Transportation Commission. And there, I think you're talking about more of the education and encouragement type events, um, which really have seemed to have fallen under the parks and rec structure as opposed to the planning structure because the education and encouragement stuff, some of that has been bound to like educating kids about safe bicycling, so those aren't eligible activities for planning. Um, and so we feel like those structures, by dissolving this committee, we allow some of those conversations to maybe happen in a different way, that there isn't this other committee to fall back on saying, oh, that group will do it because it isn't happening in that, in that way. And so I think some of the fear we had about previously dissolving the City County Bicycle Advisory Committee haven't come to fruition. Um, and so we, we see this as the way forward. And uh, we also received a public comment from uh, the Civic Engagement Commission that's that was attached to the agenda uh, for, your, for your viewing. But I'd be happy to entertain any questions or conversation around um, this resolution. Any other questions? David Carter here, I just say that your summary was extremely helpful because you answered the questions that I was gonna ask, so thank you. You still share what your questions would have been, so I well, can understand I what. Know. Yeah, that's a great. What point, she answered. Matt. That's a great point. I, the, my main question was going to be, you know, what are the redundant structures? Yeah, and I was going to ask about the multimodal transportation commission. So that's okay. Thanks. I'd say the same. I think it's a good idea to have some. I mean, especially on the last action that we just took, making sure that there is something that is capturing more of that complete streets or multimodal effort, because just the fact that stating that you're having a board that undergoes those things that can provide a letter of support for grant opportunities and future project support and stuff is going to be critical throughout the life of Bill and probably Ike. So making sure there's something that can still serve as that as having public identity is going to be a good way to go forward. And especially if you're consolidating it all into one, Any other questions? Um, let's make sure there's no public comment. No one in person and no one has raised their hand online to comment on this item. Great, thank you. Um, is there any further discussion or any motions? This is uh, Commissioner Larson. I'll make a motion to approve resolution 2022-02 to dissolve the Lawrence Douglas County Bicycle Advisory Committee. Commissioner Kelly, second. 
I have a first and a second, Jessica. Carter? Yes. Kelly? Yes. Larson? Yes. Messina? Yes. Shipley? Yes. Motion carries five to zero. Great, again, thank you very much. Uh, get back here. Uh, that brings us to our quick updates. Madam Chair, this is Commissioner Kelly. I'm sorry, but I'm going to step out for my four o'clock meeting. I will watch the updates <laughs> on the video. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you all. All right, Jessica Mortinger, I have two just quick updates for you. We have uh, two current next items you'll see on your next month in November's meeting out for public comment. Um, one is our 2023 Unified Planning Work Program that details the work we intend to do and uh, with our partners in transportation planning. And the second is our annual process to establish our federally required uh, performance measures around safety. And so those have uh, been reviewed uh, by the TAC and built with our planning partners and they're out for public comment and we will bring the results of that um, and those conversations back to you in November. If you'd like to look at them in the meantime, they are online. Great, thank you. Any questions about that? Let's see in anything. And I don't think we do comment on that. Um, that brings us to our other business. Is there any other business? Not, not seeing anything, seeing a lot of head waggles. Uh, then that brings us to our next meeting, which will be November 17th, unless uh, Jessica informs us otherwise in the meantime. We anticipate meeting in November, and if we complete our work of those two items in the quick updates in November, then we will cancel our December meetings likely. All right, thank you. All right, everyone, I appreciate um, seeing you all. I, I sort of missed you last month, so thank you. And thank you again, Jessica and Paul and everyone else who's there. I can't see your heads. <laughs> Have a good month. Thank, thank you. you all. Thank you all. Take Bye. care.